think it's it's only right for me to start <laughs> this episode off with an apology because it's been two weeks without an episode and this is supposed to be something weekly but you know sometimes life just throws you off course and you just have to find a way to come back on course so yes i apologize for leaving everybody hanging for the last two weeks i got very 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 sick to the point where i couldn't even get out of my bed and i was like oh my gosh what am i gonna do about the episode for today or for this week i thought i could still pull it off because i i started feeling sick on wednesday and i was like you know maybe by saturday i'll feel a little better mm, nope that's not what happened so i just had to postpone it then the following week i had to go home and see family i still wasn't feeling well so i was like you know we're gonna have to postpone it again but we're back again by his grace i'm fine and i'm able to record again so it's all good you know you just have to remember that sometimes life just or god has his own plan for you you can't really just decide on like you know a fixed schedule like obviously you want to plan your life ahead but it's obviously not going to go that way entirely you may think that oh you know down the week i'll do this and do that and then something else can just throw you off course so yeah uh right now is hollow weekend you know i don't really celebrate halloween so i'm sitting here counting down till november 1st so i can hang up my decorations and play all i want for christmas <laughs> you know i love christmas so much and i just you know i don't have anything against halloween it's just christmas is so much better but you know it's all good you know we move you know life just actually hold on hold on hold on speaking of the phrase we move i'm sorry to just interrupt like that so there was this one time where um i used to work at this nursing home and i was friends with this guy i didn't really see him too often so when he when i'd see him you know we'd we'd catch up a little bit so he's like, yo, man, how are you doing? Like, how's everything going? I'm like, hey, you know, it's been a little rough because of school and everything, but we moved. And he's like, you moved? And I'm like, no, we moved. He was like, so you moved? And I'm like, no, no, we moved. So he didn't understand what I meant by we moved, kind of in the sense of, like, life goes on. And I found that really funny because he's like, you moved? You moved? And I'm like, no, we moved. And it didn't really hit me that he didn't, <laughs> that he didn't understand what I meant because he probably doesn't use that phrase like "chale we move" or like "life goes on." That's not a phrase everybody uses, and you know, I was white, so it's like, why did I just expect him to <laughs> to automatically know what I meant by that? <laughs> but welcome to the worldwide podcast where we have uncomfortable conversations regarding you, me, and the well-being of the world. Oh, I've missed you guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. But as you can see by the episode title, for the what? You've got to think really, really deep. Like This would be like a worldwide trivia question. If you know worldwide, you know the answer to this question. For the what? Shout out to Bo, because Bo would be like, for that yang. That's for the what entry. But the answer to that question is for the culture. So this summer, we released our, obviously, summer collection titled For the Culture. And the purpose for this collection was to recognize, you know, the great things that our ancestors, you know, behind us brought us in the culture and like how we've kind of like strayed away from these teachings. So the purpose of that drop was to recognize what they've done, but then also like reclaim this phrase that everybody's using and like put an actual meaning behind it. Because, you know, if you see like somebody at a cultural event or something that displays their culture, they'll take a snap and then they'll caption for the culture and it's like okay 
What do you mean by that? And I feel like there's a lot of things we do as, you know, this new generation, or like even like as the diaspora as a whole, there's a lot of things we do that we don't understand. Or there's certain aspects of our culture that we take part in that we don't really understand. So my whole purpose was like, for the culture. Okay, yes, it's for the culture, but why is it for the culture? Or why does your culture do this? Like, take time to like really understand, you know, what's being done and why it's being done. So if you've like if you follow us on IG, if you don't, please do so. <laughs> if you follow us on IG, you've seen um one of the ads or the commercials for the for the culture dropped, and it was a video of one of the first creators of Kente. He was speaking about if you don't know Kente, Kente is one of the most um known African fabrics coming from West Africa, mainly Ghana, you know, Ghana for your workroom. Anyways, um, Kente is one of the leading fabrics of Africa. And it's just like, you see it everywhere. You see it everywhere. But nobody truly understands the meaning behind it or why it's so known or why the design looks like that. Me personally, I'm going to be so honest with you guys. I did not know the true origins behind Kente until I started doing research for the For the Culture Collection. Because I was like, okay, Kente is here. You know, it looks a certain way. There must be a reason behind it. So I searched up the video, and the man is speaking about how the Kente fabric was inspired by a spider web. So they used to go into the forest, and then they stumbled upon a spider web, and they're like, wow. So this gift that God has given the spider, we're going to replicate it. And that's what they created using the string and the fabric to make Kente. And it's like so cool because it's like, wow, like there's actually a reason, you know, there's a reason behind everything, you know, but it's like we wear this fabric, you know, there's even fake versions of the fabric out, but nobody really understands why it looks the way it does. Like obviously, like for me, right, when I look at a painting, I'm like, okay, the artist put this little dot here for a reason. Like there's a reason why that's there. Maybe it was an accident, but the artist put it there for a specific reason, right? But we don't know that. We don't know. We just look at the art and, you know kind of formulate our own idea of what it's supposed to be or what it's supposed to mean. Like, in one of my classes for my senior year in Ivy Lit, shout out to Mr. G, we, like, did a lot of analysis. And sitting next to my friend, you know, I have Ryan on my left, I have Esso on my right, and somehow, some way, everybody was able to come up with their own different analysis. Like, we have to analyze the text, and Ryan will think of one thing different, Esso will think of one thing different, and then I just have my own different idea. And it's like, based off of your perspectives or your biases in life or just what you've seen or what you've taken time to like read and understand, you'll come up with your own idea of what it means to you. So it's like, obviously, unless the artist or the writer has written and said, like, this is what it means. This is what this is supposed to mean. This is what we were just literally formulating our own ideas and theories. I feel like maybe people weren't doing it with Kente because it's just a fabric, but everybody probably just assumed like, okay. It's just a fabric. They just made it. Boom. That was it. Meanwhile, there's a whole meaning behind it. And I feel like that's where we're getting lost is where we're losing the meaning behind so many things. Or it's like the cultural significance of things isn't being recognized anymore because it's just like another item to everyone. And don't chew me for this, but an example for this could be waste beads. So originally, right, originally, Waste beads were something in Ashanti and Krobo cultures of Ghana where mothers would present waste beads to their daughters to mark their coming of age. So it's like as the woman or the young woman reaches sexual maturity and she gains her waste beads. Now, in some Ghanaian cultures, this was part of the dowry. 
so this was part of the diary so then women would wear multiple strands of waist beads around their waist and in some cultures they believe that the only person or the only time the waist beads could be removed were by this woman's husband on her wedding night that's for some cultures some other cultures believe that waist beads are worn to accentuate the hips or like as a weight loss tool or weight gain tool something along the lines of that but you can understand that whatever your meaning was or whatever your reasoning was you know based off of family beliefs based off of cultural beliefs that waist beads hold cultural significance whether it's in the sense of the dowry whether it's in the sense of the cultural weight loss or like you know the standards set by your culture that's the cultural significance that's held but now waist beads are something you can find on Shein. no offense if you buy your waist beads off of Shein, that's <laughs> if you buy your waist beads off of Shein, that's cool but i'm saying it's like is Shein, you know letting people know like this is what waist beads are this is why waist beads are waist beads you know what i mean not saying that's their rule but it's like we've lost the cultural significance in a way you know, there's a lot of small businesses that sell waist beads, and some of them do deliver the message. Some some of them would tell the message that waist beads accentuate or waist beads promote femininity. I hope I said that correctly. But yes, there's many businesses, even some I know, that promote femininity or just like, you know, the empowerment of women as a whole. But then there's just some businesses that just sell waist beads because they're cute. That's the difference, and that's what I'm saying is like, the entire purpose of the For the Culture Drop was to recognize that we're losing some of the facts that we need to recognize our culture. Like, even to some hearing different people who wear waist beads or who have been given waist beads by your mother, apparently waist beads aren't supposed to be seen by people. Like, you're supposed to hide your waist beads, whether it's under your shirt, your pants, something along the lines. But now it's like when, when they're being sold on these online websites or even like, I mean, obviously you have to show your product, but it's like, now it's something that everybody just wears and it's worn out in the open, which is contrary to a certain cultural belief that says nobody is supposed to see your waist beads. To be honest, that one's up in the air. I'm a man. I don't wear waist beads. And it depends on your cultural preference and your cultural beliefs and reasons for wearing waist beads. But based off of facts and historical reasons, the cultural significance of waist beads may be gone. Well, not gone entirely, but you understand what I'm saying. So now the question is, are we pushing our culture or are we educating these people of what these things truly are? Because it's like somebody can say, hey, man, I love that fabric y'all use in your culture. They can say fabric like that's really beautiful. It's like, oh, thanks. And you leave it at that. Nah, explain the meaning behind the beautiful fabric. The person thought this fabric was beautiful from surface level. But don't you think if you tell them the story behind this fabric, it would be even more beautiful? Or like, let's say if like if you're a person that wears waist beads and you believe that it can be seen by other people, like, hey, I love your beads. You just leave it at thank you. You're leaving out the beautiful fact that many people believe that wearing waist beads is a perfect or a personal reflection and appreciation for your God-given beauty. Or you can say it's just a weight loss tool. Or you can just say like, this is part of my country's dowry. Or this is like what we believe. You know, I think one thing we can all agree on is the many cultures of the world is what makes the world beautiful. Like being able to see something and be like, hey, that's really beautiful. And although you may not understand it, you understand that it means so much to someone. And, you know, appreciating it without disrespecting it is what really makes everything so beautiful. You know, there's 
so many countries all over the world and they all participate in so many different traditions, customs, and norms, and you don't understand them. So it honestly takes an effort for us to go out of our way and try to understand why people do these things or wear these things rather than just making assumptions like, oh, maybe she's just wearing waist beads because they're cute. No, 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 that's not, that's not how it works. <laughs> A little personal connection to this. Um, many people have probably heard me talk about this story before, but looking at culture from the lens of a black person right i am a waver so i wear a do-rag but there seems to be some type of stereotypic addition to what a do-rag is and that's not even just outside of the community but that's inside the community too so do-rags are essentially a very cultural significant you know headpiece or item to the black community very much as much as a bonnet is as much as a pick is and as much as let's say wave gel is sure i like many other hair products you could think of that are very significant to the black community black culture because of you know the task of being able to take care of our hair no matter how hard it actually is so there are many 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 different um websites and researchers that believe um there are very different or like durags are created at very different times you know one says that the earliest published record of the do-rag was in 1966, and it was described as a cloth band worn around the forehead as a sweatband to keep the hair in place. And deriving from that, or that idea came from the first appearance of a do-rag dating back to the 19th century, where African-American workers or slaves wore, you know, these head wraps. Maybe they weren't called do-rags back then, but they wore these head wraps during the working hours. Now, what is a do-rag today? Do-rags are embraced as a symbol of divinity, okay? So now we've reclaimed it. Do-rags are embraced as a symbol of divinity and a tribute to black tradition. So that, that's, what hold the cult- that's what holds the cultural significance, that we've reclaimed something with a dark past, a dark memory, and made it something beautiful. Because now there's velvet do-rags, the silk do-rags, like, you know how many different do-rags are, and we've styled it and created it into something beautiful to fashion. You know, if you can put on a good fit with a do-rag, you're him or you're her. Like, it's, it's not something easy to do, but we've turned it into something beautiful. But because the association of black men being labeled as thugs, you know, so if you see a black man wearing a do-rag, oh, he's a thug, da 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 you know, the same old stereotypes blah 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 so now when one wears a do-rag oh they're seen as a thug or they're seen as a bad boy blah 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 and this is in and out of the community because when i wear a do-rag to certain places or around certain people it's an issue like for believe it or not i've been told by people in the community that do-rags are a bad thing but they're not at all my purpose of wearing my do-rag is to make my hair you know, lay down. I'm a waiver. That's that's the role. But somehow, some way, the assumption of gang members or thugs, like I'm sorry for the mimicking voices, but that like speaking about this at times makes me angry. Because I've been told like, oh, you're not supposed to wear that do-rag in school because of gang members and da 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 da. I'm like, that's that's not why I wear this. I would wear my do-rag to gym and then a faculty member would find it a problem because one, it's not part of the dress code. Understandable. Two, because we used to wear a uniform. Two, he said because of gang members and the gang affiliations. So at the time I was being spoken to, I was wearing this do-rag. I was wearing a pink do-rag. 
what gang wears pink? Like, I didn't understand that part. So it was just because the fact that it was a do-rag made it seem like it was gang-affiliated. Meanwhile, I'm pretty sure we're all aware that gangs are affiliated with colors. What gang wears pink? What, the Kirby gang? Like, come on. So it even proved my point even more that you don't see do-rags at all, like, beyond the fact that they're somehow gang-related. The do-rag was pink. It was pink. <laughs> like, I still don't know. It was pink. It was a pink do-rag. It wasn't red. It wasn't blue. It wasn't purple. It was pink. But just because it was a do-rag, the assumption that it was gang-affiliated was made. So then this is where we stepped in as a diaspora and correct these people and help them understand, no, this is the cultural significance that what I'm wearing holds. This is why I wear it, because of the cultural reasons behind it, not because of your ignorant assumptions. So I went through, wrote this person a nice email. I explained it to them. God knows if they understand it or if they understood it, but now they understand and know that it's not gang-affiliated, or now they have that idea in their head. They can still have their assumptions, or they can still believe it's gang-affiliated. But now it's in their head that somebody they confronted and made it seem like they knew about this topic told them otherwise. I feel like this is what we should be doing, in a sense, when people don't understand our culture. You have the right to be angry, but you don't have the right to be angry and not explain to the person. Like, maybe you can be like, I don't, I don't owe this person an explanation. But now, with your anger, explain to the person, like, hey, this is why I'm mad, because you're not recognizing how much weight this holds to me and my people. Like, I'm sorry, but if, like, there was this trend where, like, young white boys would wear do-rags, that used to make me very, very mad, because you don't need to wear a do-rag. You don't need to wear a do-rag, not because you're white. I mean, yeah, that too. But because your hair is perfectly fine. It's, it's laid down. You wake up, you run your fingers through it, and that's it. But I have to go through an entire process, even before I could wear my do-rag, to make my hair look somewhat as good, or even to fit the standards of what tamed hair looks like. So it would make me mad, because you're not understanding why I wear it. You think I just wear it for fashion. No, it's not just for fashion. It's to lay down my hair that can sometimes be hard to handle. That's what made me mad. You're just wearing it to wear it. The cultural significance is lost when one who doesn't understand just wears the item to wear it. So in, in, in another connection, around prom season at school, some of the black girls would wear bonnets. People call these shower caps. No, they're not shower caps because I don't take my silk bonnet into the shower. Obviously not. Do you not see the material? Like, I'm sorry. I think I'm getting a little too mad about this because this is something like on a personal level I can relate to. But the cultural significance of stuff is being lost. Whether if it's even just from beads on a string, which, you know, intensely downplays what waist beads are, or fabric, or even to, like, a type of music, or a certain, like, tradition, or ritual, or custom. If people don't understand it to the extent they must, it is just blatant disrespect. So, like, I end every episode with, I'm going to ask you this. How will you elevate your culture? How will you let people know about your culture? Like, in a sense, do you believe we're straying away from the culture? Or, in a way, we're forgetting about the culture? Like, do you believe the traditions you see in your culture today 
are going to be left behind with the next one. I think your kids and their kids, are they still going to be able to do these things? Are they going to do these things with the understanding and the meaning behind it? So as the purpose of the For the Culture drop that came out this summer, how are you going to elevate your culture? Or how are you going to put your culture on the map? Or how are you going to help people understand why your culture is the way it is? Like we say all the time, represent, represent the place you love, represent who you are. Help people understand why you love the place you love. Don't don't be shy of, of who you are or where you're from. Be proud of it behind it and help people understand why you're so proud of being from here or there or anywhere as a whole. Elevate your culture. And be proud of who you are and allow people to understand why things are the way they are for you. So before I make myself even more mad, <laughs> thank you for tuning into today's episode. Once again, I apologize for the two week delay in episode three. You know, once again, life takes its own course at times. But once again, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, please check out episode one, and episode two for all updates, just in case episodes are canceled episodes are postponed or even if there's going to be an extra episode in the week follow us on instagram worldwide designs w-r-l-d w-i-d-e dot designs i don't know how i almost misspelled my own company's instagram <laughs> but follow us on instagram for all updates and we recently just dropped our breast cancer collection uh, the represent hoodies are back with a little twist with the breast cancer ribbon on the wrist so 25 percent of proceeds go to living beyond breast cancer which um, connects all breast cancer patients or those who are diagnosed with breast cancer with the information and resources they need so it's a win-win because you are donating but then you're also getting a really fire hoodie at the same time so please link in bio um worldwidedesigns.myshopify.com go buy a represent hoodie and do something good for the community you know you're donating to a great foundation so once again, thank you all for tuning in. The Worldwide Team sends you love, peace, and goodness throughout your entire weekend and week. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Nanoa Sabram Pong. Goodbye.